W263AI Murfreesboro. W270AF Murfreesboro. WGNS Murfreesboro. Owned by a, by a business. So there's an annual schedule that goes out every year. We just sent those out, and I think you probably got yours in the mail. <laughs> That's right. Um, now we hey, do have you a, need to remember to fill it out, too. <laughs> well, we've made it simpler this year. Now, we've uh, uh, because of COVID, we invested um, in upgrading our online filing. So when you open up your your little notice that uh, that has your blue schedule, it'll come in a blue envelope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll, you'll open it up, and there'll be instructions there that will have a PIN number on it. You can go to our website, which is www.rcpatn.com. Uh, just follow the links where it says File Here or Click Here. Uh, enter your PIN number, register your account. Everybody will have to register again for the first time because this is a new and updated system. So you have to start from scratch again. Yeah, right. Now, we have all your data in there, or should, if you filed before. Uh, and, and the system will pull over last year's schedule, will apply the depreciation to it. So all you'll have to do is key in any new acquisitions or anything that you've deleted and gotten rid of, uh, subtract those off of there. Yeah, is then, it a big deal to take them? Like you've traded in a car or something, a business car. Uh, is it? Do you have to do a lot of things to take the old one out and put the new one in? No, it's very simple. You just move it from one line to another. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And if you have any, if you have any questions with it when you're starting to fill it out, uh, you can call our office uh, for tangible personal property. That's six one five eight nine eight seven seven six one and one of our helpful staff over there will be able to walk you right through the steps if you get hung up with it so we we've done everything we can to make it as painless as possible uh in as intuitive as possible to uh, people are busy they, most of us are not professional accountants so we've tried to demystify this and simplify it as much as we possibly can now what is this tax for you you buy a desk and you use it for, say, 15 years or so. You buy a refrigerator that you use there in the office. Uh, you buy a truck that you use in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you buy them, why are you taxed every year on them? Well, it's it's property, and it's, it's not a sales tax. And a lot of people get that confused. They'll say, well, I paid a sales tax on this. Well, the Constitution says that all property, real, personable, uh, tangible which means you can touch it, and intangible, which are gains inside of uh, stock portfolios or uh, insurance companies, uh, gains inside of uh, the, the change of the assets inside of investment facilities, inside of uh, banks, uh, insurance companies. Those are That's intangible personal property. That's, that's assessed and taxed as well. And that's only assessed at 33 30 percent of its value so uh, a lot of people don't understand tennessee is um, a fractional assessment state so whereas you might pay a hundred thousand dollars for a piece of equipment you don't pay tax on a hundred thousand dollars of that equipment you only pay tax on thirty thousand dollars and then that depreciates over time because every year the um, there are d- different categories of I think there's eight categories of uh, 
tangible personal property, each one has a different depreciation scale, and that's set by the state legislature. So uh, you paid $100,000 this year for it. Next year it may have depreciated 10%, 12%, 8%, depending on the category, uh, to a period of time that it'll have a residual value of uh, all of it is uh, after it's completely depreciated down, if you're still using it in your business, uh, I believe it's statutorily set that it has a 20% residual value. So from then on out, it's 20%? It'll, right. It'll be 20% of its acquisition cost. And, and there are a lot of things, especially in office-type businesses, uh, you don't change desk no. every five years, <laughs> ten years. I mean, no, you might get rid of it, but <laughs> you still have to have something to sit on. You know? Computers are different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you may go through those. But uh, those are – and I guess in a restaurant – uh, tables that are out uh, in the restaurant, you're not going to go through those all the time. Right. Uh, and I don't know about uh, equipment like stoves and refrigerators. Some of those things you may go through. Right. So, yeah. But it's important to keep. Should you bring your accountant in on this picture if you have an accountant doing taxes for you uh, just to be safe? So uh, I, I guess are there penalties if you do something wrong filling it out? No. It, what we do is we do desk audits on all of them. So if if the if the online filing says, well, everything looks good, it automatically goes into the system. Now, we've set parameters up. If there's uh, a large jump where somebody might have accidentally had an accidental keystroke or made a mistake, we've keyed that to where it will kick out for a real person to look at it and determine, oh, well, here's what they did. Or we'll call and say, did you really mean to put this on here? And then we can make the correction. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I forgot to turn. <laughs> That's your emergency phone. The bat yes. phone is ringing. The bat <laughs> I don't want phone. you in the cave. <laughs> bat phone going off here. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's, that's I, uh, the importance of being the property assessor. Well, everybody reaches out to me. Uh, I don't recognize that particular phone number. <laughs> This is live radio, folks, and I I ran I ran straight from my house into the uh, into the studio here. I, I forgot to turn that off. And with the temperature the way it is, running in is good. Yeah. Uh, now, when is this uh, business tangible property, personal property? Uh, when is it due? Um, you have to have your schedules back in by March the first. Now, okay. we, we'll continue to take the schedules late. But at that point in time, they will be marked as a forced assessment because you didn't meet the deadline. And what that does is that means that you're not eligible to appeal that. Whatever number is on there uh, is the number that is going to be on there. So it's important to get that information in in a timely manner. We've tried to make it just as simple as we possibly can. File early. It's it's not a difficult process. It's a very easy process. So the earlier you file, if there is something that is uh, incorrect on it or might need adjustment, we have plenty of time to change that and make the correction. Okay. So uh, this is the business tangible personal property online filing. Yes, sir. Uh, and it is online. Uh, if somebody is not comfortable with a computer, can you fill it out on you can, paper? You can fill it out and mail it into the office. Uh, we we are requesting that uh, folks do that. We're in the process of getting a drop box. It will be outside of the main building over where the county clerk's office is for 
folks who don't know where we are, we're at 319 North Maple Street. We're upstairs off mm-hmm. the elevator. But because of COVID and because of the uncertainty with it, we don't want uh, any of our citizens inadvertently coming in contact with someone who might still be transmitting the disease. So we're going to purchase a drop box to put outside. We've cleared it with the state that that would be appropriate, and they wanted it to be outside of the building. So we'll have it mounted outside. We'll check it on a daily basis, and if it's if it's in the in the drop box, uh, we'll check it like I say on a daily basis and stamp when we got them in. But as long as it's in the drop box before March the first, you won't have a forced assessment on it. But if you have any questions, you can always call the office. You can send an email to us. You can even use an online chat function that we have. You go on our website, a little box will pop up. It says, how can we help you? You just type your information in, and somebody will help walk you through that process, too. So we're we're doing just absolutely as much as we can to make this an easy process for folks. Uh, It shouldn't be complicated, and it it really isn't. Uh, And people don't need to be afraid of it. Just get it done, get it over with. Now, if you're a small business... uh, we have, uh, and you feel like you have less than $1,500 in assets, you're just a small consulting firm, just check small account. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else. There's no having to list all of your assets on there. You just mark, I'm a small account, hit uh, send, and, and you're done. It electronically signs it. I think you may have to type your name in or check a box. But you hit send, you print off your copy for your records, and you're finished. So that would be a, a really small business because it doesn't take much. You said anything under $1,500 right. in assets. Under $1,500 in yeah. assets. And we have a lot of those, Bart, more than you'd think. You know, you have somebody that, oh, I'm going to start this home-based business. I've got my computer and a, and a phone. Well, I never really did anything with that. But you still have to file. If you take out a business license, you're going to have to file. Uh, And a lot of people forget that. And if you go out of business, make sure you contact our office so that we don't keep sending you out schedules. (laughs) 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 Saying you have to report your assets. Because if you don't report your assets because you're not in business, what will happen is it will go to the trustee's office. The trustee will send out a tax bill. It will be a small amount, probably ten, twelve bucks. Um, you probably won't pay it because you say I'm not in business. I'm not. I don't know this. Well, then it goes to Chancery Court with interest. Ooh, yeah. Then you get called into court, <laughs> and and then we then th- we can't do anything about it at that point. And neither can the trustee, can Mister Beatty, because it's in Chancery Court. So you've got to contact the Chancellor's office, clerk or master. You may have to go to court to get it all cleared up. We don't want anybody to have to do that. A little deal gets big. All yeah, of a it, it turns it turns into to more than it should be. Now, with well, you said a small business. Let's say a person is running a business out of their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say they are doing repairs of one type or another. Maybe they own a, a truck to get them to those house calls, uh, and they have that truck loaded with whatever they're working on. If they're an electrician, uh, might have wires and fuses and what have you. Uh, That's going to add up pretty quickly. Over, what, $1,500 is the low end, you said? Right. But it's it's the cost of uh, 
I mean, the cost of the truck's going to probably. It's a cost to acquire, and it depends on if the truck is owned in the business name or not. So so if you own the truck yourself as a personal truck, but use it for business, that's not counted? No, because your your personal property, uh, your individual personal property, while the Constitution says you owe it, by statute, they've set a limit on that, and they've exempted it, because automobiles are have a separate fee for them for your tags or your licensing and stuff like that. Uh, some states have personal property taxes on your individual private passenger automobiles and trucks. To date, Tennessee does not, but you, you never know what the legislature is going to do. The General Assembly's in session now. <laughs> yeah, it's in session. You know, I don't want to give anybody any ideas. <laughs> so that is uh, a possibility. Who knows? Now, we're in 2021. Uh, is 2021 going to be a significant year? Anything special happening at the property assessor's office? Uh, we're in the process right now of just trying to pick up as much new growth as we possibly can. Uh, Eight years ago, Bart, we had less than 10,000 tangible personal property accounts for businesses. Now we're over 15. Wow. So that's grown a tremendous amount. We were uh, under 100,000 parcels for real real property, homes and uh, apartments and commercial. We're up over 125,000 real parcels now. So if you add all of those together, because we have to assess all of them, we're between 135,000 and 140,000 parcels and accounts that we have to keep up with. And we have fewer people now than we did eight years ago. So we're our folks are really working hard for the citizens of Rutherford County, doing everything we possibly can to be thrifty and efficient, because it's all of our tax dollars that are being spent. But it's a necessary service that's being done because what we do sets the tax base that we pay for public education, and that's 75% of the county tax levy for property taxes goes to education. So the more we can do and the, the more efficient we can be, um, the lower property taxes we'll have to pay because everybody's paying exactly what they should be. Now, you received, your office received, the 2019 three-star certification before the Tennessee Association of Assessing Officers. That is a big deal. Uh, yes, sir. Tell us a little about how that benefits us as as residents here in Rutherford County. Well, uh, the year before that, we won the uh, Excellence in Operations Award. Uh, last year, the uh, Assessors Association established the three-star uh, certification, which is is a measure of performance and accountability of the entire office operation, that if uh, your staff receives, the staff and the assessor uh, participate in education, uh, you have a zero audit finding from the Division of Property Assessments, um, you become eligible to receive the award, then there's a review committee that uh, reviews the criteria, uh, and compares it against a baseline with the uh, with the metrics, and then they come up and they award the certificate. So that was the first year it ever been done. Uh, COVID, they didn't give out any. <laughs> <laughs> At least they haven't yet that that I'm aware of for for that. But we we even in 
um, even through COVID, we still managed to make sure that our folks got the education and, and training opportunities just as they did the prior year. So we've continued our operations and doing our mandatory functions, even with everything going on. I've been there every day with the exception of the two weeks that I had COVID. And <laughs> had to, so you went through it. You uh, went through had, the disease. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was no fun. Uh, that's where we spent, uh, my wife and I spent, well, she, she had it. I gave it to her. And, um, and I apologize for that again. <laughs> but uh, she had just had a very mild case. I, the only, I didn't have the um, gastrointestinal trouble that mm-hmm. they've said, but I had everything else. So what, what let you know in the beginning? Was it very obvious something was wrong? Well, I make Sunday breakfast, and I love to cook bacon. And my wife uh, said, oh, that bacon smells good. And I realized I couldn't smell the bacon, which was ah. a... That, so that's you, a, you were not feeling bad, yet you just suddenly noticed you couldn't smell I couldn't smell My wife is a nurse, so she said, you need to go and get tested. So uh, I went and I had a rapid test done. I wasn't running a fever. Mm-hmm. Was having no symptoms except I couldn't smell bacon. <laughs> For a guy, that's a bad thing. And uh, and, and they, you know, they kind of poo pooed it. They said, "Well, he's in here." You know, they gave me the test. And they came back and said, "Oh, she, you you've got it bad." Now everybody's mask really? went on, oh, and no. <laughs> I said, "Oh, great! What do I do now?" And they said, "Well, just go home." <laughs> you know. So- they, and, you, and how long did, did it stay with you? It, it stuck with me for two weeks. Wow. Uh, I had a fever around 102 for about three days. So you did get some basic symptoms there. Yeah. The the day after that, it started up, and by the third day, uh, I, it, it was bad. felt like the bones in my legs were going to explode uh, with the muscle cramps and all of that. I know John Dinkins, I believe, had it. He had to go to the hospital. Yeah. I My mean, wife was a nurse, and she said, you don't want to go to the hospital. She's, she kept running. She said, you're not breathing deep enough. Breathe deep. Sit up. You have to make sure you keep your lungs clear. So so that's the secret. Yeah, and take lots of vitamin D. Uh, vitamin D was uh, apparently that, that really helps diminish the symptoms. So we're, we're still at 10,000 units of vitamin D a day. Um, taking that so and we're starting to see uh some changes where things are looking better uh we're we're seeing some positives in the uh, vaccination schedules Uh, county mayor ketron was on yesterday along with some friends from the health department some big things making some positive changes there uh it's looking much better so i I believe the johnson and johnson has a uh uh, a window shot that they're they're working on approval that doesn't have to be refrigerated like the uh-huh. others do. So yeah. I think that'll probably really be a game changer when when they come out. Because um, if you don't have to go back, you know, people are bad about going back for their second sets oh, yeah. of shots because it's so difficult to get anywhere today. But be sure and get your second shot yeah. because that's and, what gets you the ninety four point something percent right. uh, immunity. That's that's what gets it on up there. Um, I was I was talking with Doctor Rudd and and about the time that I came down with it because I was calling everybody. What do I do? Help. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and he gave basically the same. You know, just stay well hydrated, take take vitamin D, and get sleep. Know. A lot of people don't think about the sleep. Big big deal. Well, when you're sick, when you have that, you it's sleep. not hard to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, we have a text here from a listener who's asking, uh, when are you going to reevaluate the prices 
uh, values of homes and uh, businesses uh, here in Rutherford County? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, we do that once every four years, and we will set the new rates on January the 1st of 2022. Ah, okay. So we're in the process of, of finishing our final uh, evaluations. We we physically review uh, a third of the county. So about 33,000 properties plus properties are reviewed uh, every year. Uh, the fourth year, which this is the fourth year, we do uh, quality control, clean up, and of course pick up the new permits and new construction, which about between 3,000 and 3,500 new residential units coming online every year. And so is that more than in the past? Are we growing still, in other words? That's, a, that's about the same growth rate, Bart. We so we haven't, haven't, COVID we, hasn't slowed us? It has not slowed us down a bit. I've, I've spoke with some builders, and they said that the demand is so strong in Rutherford County that they had lots planned uh, last year that they weren't planning on developing until this year. But they did it last year because they were running out of inventory. So demand is not is not a problem for Rutherford County. We still have the uh, lowest median house price of all the donut counties around Davidson County. There's we're lower than Wilson County. So this is residential. This is how residential. does how does the uh, business end of it look? Are we growing business wise? Uh, business follows rooftops. So if you've got you've got the rooftops, if you have the population base, the businesses are going to come. And that's that's never an issue. What what businesses will will look for when they're moving to a community is they will look to see if number one if they have clients, um, number two if they have people that can do the work necessary for their business to serve their clients. If they if if they've got those two components right there, probably they have a product that people want. They're going to come to our community. That that's not an issue. Um, so we we don't need to um we don't need to sell ourselves short i don't believe we have a vibrant community we have a great community to live in and my personal opinion is we shouldn't have to pay people to move here <laughs> to relocate their business well obviously the word is out because yesterday when county mayor bill ketron was on he announced that a 9.8 million dollars $9.8 million grant had just been issued to the four largest counties over 200,000 in Tennessee. Rutherford County was number four. Uh, the others, of course, were Shelby, Davidson, and Knox. Oh, awesome. So I guess we've passed That's, Hamilton. Well, it sounds like if we're the, the four largest, we just officially in somebody's eyes passed Hamilton County. Whoever's passing that uh, grant out. That is awesome. That is that is terrific news. We'll have to... Now, will that? what will that do to your business, uh, property assessor? That just cinches your work for the decades ahead, I guess. Well, uh, you know, it's it's something that uh, that I think you, you announced, WGNS announced quite some time back, that we were we were going to pass Hamilton County. We are the fastest-growing county in the fastest-growing state in the southeast. We're the fastest. Uh, U-Haul had 
you reported on it. I think I picked it up from that. Uh, you know, I go to WGNS for my news. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, well, you you reported that uh, U-Haul announced last year that if the the one way moves, which means people are moving in, they're not going back out. Uh, the number one state to move to in the United States was Tennessee, and we are the fastest growing county in Tennessee. So. If you extrapolate that out, we're the fastest growing county in the nation. So we have services that we have to provide. Uh, county commissioners, we have a t- I'm going to speak to the county commissioners. We have a tax base that all of this growth is relying on providing the services. The assessor's office needs your help with the upcoming budget. We need the people to pick these properties up so that you can assess and put taxes on them to pay for the services that we have to provide our citizens. We need your support. Uh, The citizens out there listening, please call your county commissioners and ask them to help financially support the assessor's office so that your tax rates can stay low. Now, before we leave, because we're in the final segment of the show, uh, what advice do you give? We have about a minute left on this personal uh, tangible, well, the business tangible personal property tax? Uh, File now. Go online to our website, www.rcpatn.com. Take your schedule, take your PIN number, click the link, log in. Your information from last year will automatically flood over to it. Follow the steps, check the box, hit submit, Print off your schedule for your records, and you're finished. You don't have to worry about it until um, Mr. Beatty sends you your tax bill. <laughs> and if you, for one reason or another, did not get this in the mail yet, can they call you? Uh, you can call the office, and we'll find out why you didn't get it. Uh, everyone should have gotten it because we mailed them out uh, Friday. Uh, but if for some reason you didn't get it, or if you're a new business that needs to be put on, if you're a new business, uh, you'll be put on for next year. Okay, very good. Rob Mitchell, our property assessor, joining us in this first segment. Rob, thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, Bart. I hope everybody has a great day. You do, too. Stay careful Uh, and and stay uh, without COVID. I know you can't get it again. No, somebody has gotten it again. They have? Yeah, I I think there's been a repeat of a few people, but not... Yeah, let's don't do that again. No. We're going to look ahead at COVID-19, and uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Stay with us. Peter Demas joins us next. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU Sports on WGNS. Hi, this is Dan with Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm the guitar tech here. I do setups and repairs. The setup is where you make your guitar play as well as it ever will, whether you're a professional or a beginner. You need this done at least a couple of times a year to get the most out of your instrument. We also have lessons, $25 for a half hour of keys, anything with strings, and drums. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. We have a club steak, and the club steak can be cooked to any flavor that you want. It is 
The club steak, it's a seven ounce piece of steak. And we named it that way because it looks like and it has the shape of a golf club. We have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. Writing over 60 letters to veterans in Biloxi, Mississippi during COVID-19. Veterans who could not leave base to go home and see their families during Thanksgiving or Christmas. This is a letter written by Carrie Boylan, who was inspired to become a VA Redcoat. I am still eating leftovers from Thanksgiving. Nurse Callie was kind enough to share her mac and cheese with me, along with some other favorites. Now I know what all the fuss is about. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I thank God for stretchy clothes. Hope you all had a marvelous Thanksgiving. I am so grateful for you and all the veterans who sacrificed their families during the holidays, especially for my freedom. God bless you all abundantly. It appears that winter is here this week in South Mississippi. Of course, you can never predict 10-day weather here, but it does promise to be chilly for the next week or so. Of course, your heat will be turned up and everyone will be warm and toasty. I know you join me in praying for those less fortunate and you help wherever you can. Below our jokes, courtesy of our friends at the Laugh Factory. Can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? Of course, the Empire State Building can't jump. Why couldn't the leopard play hide-and-seek? Because he was always spotted. Have a great evening. Blessings, Kerry. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gift needs. We have a wide selection of items for any unique gift. Also, if you have feathered friends or furry friends, we have what you need. And if you're needing some clothing, come check out our Carhartt. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Milton Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop with us. Come on over to the Co-op Farm and Home Center and say hi to Tina Fox. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. A light at the end of the tunnel for this pandemic. We need that. And visiting with us today is local restaurateur, community leader, and attorney, Peter Demas. Oh, thank you very much for letting me be on the show. One of the things that people are so concerned about is the way this disease is changing our lives. 
It is. I mean, it, it is definitely concerning watching how we are reacting to this disease. You know, depending on even which side of the equation that, that, that you happen to believe or happen to fall on, the end of the day is we're still reacting and responding to things without doing, I think, a lot of times the, the proper research and, the, and, and we're being, I think, uh, careless in some areas. In some areas, I think we're being overly cautious. And I think in both ways, it's creating um, uh, stress in people's lives and, and division um, among people. And I think, to me, that's the biggest concern over all of this, which is if COVID went away tomorrow, we still are going to be dealing with a lot of this uh, this division that we have among people and, and how they respond and how they approach uh, things from COVID and, and other areas uh, that's going on in our lives today. With small businesses, and I know Demas is considered a small business, but it's a big business, but uh, it, you're, you're using a lot of new directions to make your employees feel comfortable, to make your customers feel comfortable too. Share with us some of the things that you're doing that might be applicable to other small businesses. Well, you know, one of the things that we recognized um, after a while with this was, you know, we're going to do the best that we can. But we're not going to be perfect at it. Uh, the, the, the regulations and the research out there uh, can sometimes be contradictory. And so as a small business owner, you're trying to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do? What's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And so we are uh, trying to adapt in the in the best ways that we can. And we watch other businesses and we're just trying to learn. Uh, we are far from perfect with it. Um, but but by, by, by being intentional with what we're doing. So obviously all of our employees have to wear masks. Uh, they, uh, uh, interesting enough, the state set that requirement up, not under the department of health for employees to wear masks, but under the department of labor, they did it for protection of other employees, but not for the protection of the public, which I found kind of interesting on it, but nevertheless, so is we're going to comply with the laws that, that are there. We have taken everything off the tables and use a QR code, um, for menus, but we do have paper menus. If somebody, if somebody doesn't have access to it. So when the AT&T building got destroyed. A lot of people didn't have access to it. So we went through a lot of paper menus uh, over those few days. You know, we, we've removed things off the tables and we give you disposable, um, you know, uh, salt and pepper packets or, or ketchup, you know, ketchup and packets and, and, and um, anything that we can, that we can do along those ways to make it simpler. That's what we've tried to do. And, and then we try to set the tables uh, far enough apart to to also comply with the, the six foot six foot distances. Not every table is is a hundred percent six feet. Some are seven feet. Some maybe five and a half feet. Um, but we're just trying to kind of get it in there to get it as close as possible and try to set it up to make it as safe and uh, to make people feel as comfortable. But even if you don't feel comfortable going in to the restaurant yet. We've also have added a curbside service where you can uh, place your order online. Uh, you can come and pick it up. You just text it, uh, text what, what your number. So there's a lot of other ways that you can uh, still access and, and get access to our food and services without having to necessarily be inside, depending on where you stand on the, the health spectrum that, that you are with COVID. Now, with small businesses, I know a lot of businesses, small and large, are having to drastically change the way they do business. And they're discovering that some of those changes are pretty good ideas. 
Are you finding that? Yeah, we, we, we definitely are. I mean, cur- curbside service is a great example of it. When we, when we made that change, we, we were very fortunate. It, it's interesting. I can look back and see where God had kind of placed people in our lives before any of this took place. So one of the people that came in our lives was our, our IT person who used to work for a point of sale company. So he was able to shift everything and get everything set up within 48 hours of doing curbside. And then we've had to make some modifications to it as we've learned and as we've made a lot of mistakes with it. So it'll definitely stay, you know, whenever we kind of get to a point of normal again and we can open up our dining rooms full, we've just found that it's a lot more comfortable. I personally like curbside if I'm going to get something to go. I, you know, to me, just being able to go, I get curbside of my groceries. Um, A lot of it, just placing the order, going and picking it up. Customers so far have, have really enjoyed it, so we're, we'll definitely be keeping that, as well as some of the little little operational things that a lot of people just don't see a lot of the behind the behind the scenes that that you don't necessarily see that we have found ways of getting food out quicker or getting it you know getting it better organized so we don't make as many mistakes. Now, one thing that we've noticed is the way you handle the curbside is so ingenious. A designated parking area, and then you call into the store and tell them the space that you're parked in. Yeah, we we got the idea actually from Kroger. Again, our IT person said, hey, I think we can do something like this. And so he's the one that set all that up and, and created it that way. But again, yeah, you're right. It is very simple. I've used the service a couple of times, not only just to test it and to see how it works, but also because... Frankly, I didn't want people to see me the way I was dressed. You know, I, I was I was dressed real sloppy. You know, worked out in the yard. This was during the summertime. I was worked out in my yard and and just you know hadn't showered, hadn't shaved, and was dirty and just wanted to get some demises. And so I came in and was able to use the curbside and and it was tremendously better. And and I know like my wife has done it too, where she has been the the same way, where she's come from a workout and she's like, I just don't want anyone to see me in my workout clothes. So so it's it's we, we a lot of people have taken advantage of it, and now we're learning how. To, to handle that piece of it because when we built the restaurant we built it with the idea that there wouldn't be much carry out food um, in fact my father didn't even want to do carry out food uh, and then slowly it kind of increased and added and added and, and I remember when we hit 7% of our sales was carry out he said we'll never get more than that uh, we increased it to 10%. We did a remodel. Right now it's at 40% because so many people are taking advantage of the curbside. So our kitchen's not set up and prepared for it. Our cashier, so we are rigging everything. We have shelves where we wouldn't have shelves. We have things that just really aren't pretty to look at, but we have to do it right now in order to get things set up. We've been very fortunate that the bars have been closed down. Um, the bar seating's been closed down, so we've now converted all of our bar area to set up everything from curbside and, and all carry out, and that's been very helpful. But again, once things start to kind of go back to normal, we have to we recognize we're going to have to figure out how to overcome that piece as well. One thing that we have noticed in the economy is that there are a lot of new small businesses opening right now. I guess they're figuring they're maybe out of a job and this is their opportunity to move forward. What suggestions would you have as a longtime successful small business operator? What would you suggest to them? You know, it depends on the type of business, but everything for me is, is, is I think you just need to be intentional. I've had successful businesses. I've had failures. And when I kind of look back on... I, uh, on some of my failures, I reacted to 
and didn't stick with my plan that I originally had. And I reacted and made changes. And then I tried to merge the two plans together and it didn't work. So I, I would suggest that, that you need to listen to your customers, listen to what they're saying, and then make the changes that are necessary that are in alignment with what your plan originally was. Don't make any changes that would be off offset of that. So Demas is throughout the years. When we opened, we didn't have a baked potato. We had no potatoes. You know, my father heard, hey, you know what, we need to have baked potatoes. So he figured, okay, that doesn't change anything. That doesn't change the value that we wanted to give. We wanted to give a, a, a nice meal with a family value that anybody can eat with. Having a potato didn't change that. So it was very simple for him to add that component to it. As you kind of look at things that you do, you're going to see successes and failures and you need to analyze it and be intentional, but stick with what you know to do and be very good at it. And then lastly is make certain that you hire the right people around. I would say that's probably been my biggest mistake throughout the years is hiring the wrong people. They may sound good, they may look good, um, but doesn't necessarily mean they do good. And um, I think anybody in business will tell you an employee, good or bad, can make or break you. Now, you've hit on something that I think a lot of people in business have an issue with, and that's how do you know who's the right person and who's the wrong person? You know, I really can't tell you that. I wish I could. I, you know, for, for me, it's, it's a 50, 50 shot every time, you know, I, I think this person is great and they're, and they're not, I can tell you this whenever I just have kind of a, just a, that feeling that this person isn't right, but mentally I convince myself that it is, they always create the biggest problem for me. So I kind of always just kind of, kind of stick with that, you know, make certain that you never, if you convince yourself to hire them, they're the wrong person. You know, we, we've done personality profile tests and we've done the disc profiles and, and, and Colby and, and the Harrisons and we've done all that stuff. And although they are really good at analyzing the person, they're not good with analyzing whether they'll do a good job or not. So, so we, we take the approach of we're going to hire you and um, if we think that you're going to be capable... And then from there, we are going to, we're going to really monitor your training and see your process from there. If you are not a cultural fit, then we get rid of you pretty quick. Uh, for us, culture is a lot more important than, than skills because I can teach skills. And then just, and some people, frankly, just don't have the mental ability to, to do the job. And then in which case we have to figure out like where we can put them. So they might be great for our culture, but they may not be able to do the job. They can do another job that's with us. And those are the ones that are the hardest ones to do. But ultimately we watch people very closely early on and to see, you know, are they more words and actions? And then what areas of weakness do they have? What areas of strength do they have? And then we try to tie in with those strengths and weaknesses and, and, and try to try to work around those the best we possibly can and make certain again they're the right fit a wrong person you may think you can't get rid of them but a wrong person creates more problems and more drama than a right person and sometimes you lose great people because the wrong person's in so once you recognize the person is wrong i think you have to you have to to cut that cord as quickly as possible peter demas is our guest this morning and we're talking about running a small business during this pandemic before we leave New businesses are dreams, and if a person has a dream right now, what should they be doing? Should they be thinking about, I want to turn that dream into a reality and start this business that I've always wanted? I'm unemployed. I need to do something. Is this the time to do it? 
I don't think there's a right or wrong time to do it. There's always an excuse on why you can't. So, so no matter what, I think you definitely should be going out and doing it. But, but more importantly is, is every chance you get, you need to research every company that's like it. And then research every company that's similar to it in the sense that, so for example, one of the, the, one of the service ideas that we had in handling customer complaints, I've gotten from Walgreens. So I would go into any place that had a customer service uh, business, I would ask them, how do you handle this situation? I mean, I would interrogate and interview the managers until they got tired of me. And then, you know, then I had to go and, uh, you know, but I'm constantly researching and trying to find out about it. We're looking at another type of business that, that's not that's not restaurant related at all. And, and I spent hours, you know, calling similar businesses and asking them questions and just trying to find out about it. And, and then, you know, then I'll determine whether or not it fits me or not. Sometimes we have dreams that, that are just dreams. I, I love law. I love the practice of law. I love everything. I think it is just an amazing thing. I became a lawyer, but I didn't like doing law. You know, so to me, it's a great hobby. Um, I, I, I still keep my law license up to date. I uh, still do a lot of research on law. I still do a lot of reading about law. Um, but, but it's a hobby. It's not something I wanted to do for a living. So sometimes you, so by doing that research, you get to find out whether or not your dream is, 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 is something you want to do versus, and something you can make money at versus whether or not your, your dream is just that is, and it just should be a dream and a hobby. Um, I actually spoke with a veterinarian here in Murfreesboro yesterday. My daughter wants to be a vet and he said, he said, well, if she wants to be a vet because she loves dogs, he said, I suggest that she just goes into business so that she can buy and play with a lot of dogs. He said, because that's not the reason why you want to be a vet. If you want to be a vet because you want to take care of the animals and treat the animals and you like the biology aspect of it, then that's the reason why you want to be a vet. So I think sometimes where people get confused on their dreams is to determine does the dream, what their dream will look like in reality. And I think that's the biggest piece. But as far as time-wise goes, I think today is just as good as it was tomorrow. And it was, and it's, and it's probably better today than it was yesterday because it's already too past. So don't give up on what you want. No, absolutely not. Never give up on, never give up on your dream. You know, and, and just because the timing isn't there doesn't make it so. Uh, you know, Colonel Sanders uh, uh, failed at everything he did. He even attempted kidnapping at one time. He fell asleep and, um, and, and messed up. Uh, he got angry when he got a social security check and that's when he started to invest it in, in Kentucky fried chicken and, and obviously has been pretty successful with it from there. So, you know, again, but he did that with his social security check after he had already retired from failing at everything else that he did. So never give up on it. You're never too old for it and you're never too young for it. If God didn't have a plan for you in your life, then, then he would have already taken you. So, so take advantage of the time that he's given you and, and follow that dream that you have. So that's that word of encouragement you didn't realize you were going to get this morning, but you just got it. And that's another encouragement for you to move forward with what you want to do. I, you know, if, if, if you're not moving forward, you're standing still, but the world keeps moving forward no matter what. So, yes, you just, just always, you just got to always move forward. And when you're under attack, when everyone's telling you no, when everyone's telling you you can't do it, just put your head down and just keep moving forward and eventually you get through it. One other piece of advice is do not take advice off of social media. Uh, the, the people that are on social media that, 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 that say hateful, hurtful things, they're hateful, hurtful people. When you start listening to them, you can get easily discouraged. And so just kind of, again, just kind of keep your head down, keep moving forward, and just one step at a time, one day at a time, and, and, and you'll live that dream out. 
Wow, some fantastic information there. Peter, thank you again for sharing that with us this morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Peter Demas, visiting with us from Demas Family Restaurant. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. 